0: Hello and welcome to Echoes of Glory, Season 6, Episode 29. I'm Jack and I'm joined by good friend of the show, Javad. Hello,
1: nice to
0: be back. Yeah, good to have you back on, mate. It's a uh, hat for the season, is that now? Is that your third one? Patrick, yeah. Patrick yeah. for the season. Um, Great, like I said, always good good to have you on Um, Plenty to talk about today, so let's dive straight into it with the first question Which is, what is the strangest thing that you've ever seen at a football game? Now I put this out earlier on Facebook, Twitter, Reddit Um, As always, brilliant responses, so thanks everyone for writing in So I'm just going to go through sort of the pick of the bunch really Because there have been some absolutely brilliant uh, entries Um, So starting with one of our own, Stato um, who hopefully will be back on soon. Um, be good to have you back on, mate. Um, but his one is, the referee telling Teddy Sheringham to miss a late penalty in the FA Cup quarter-final at Main Road in 1993. Police horses had already been on the pitch for 10 minutes to clear up a pitch invasion by the City fans. Have you, I had no idea of that one.
1: I, I watched that. Time on TV, and I, I, I just assumed that he missed the penalty. I have I have heard since that that it was deliberate. I didn't know that um,
0: there was the referee was involved with that, but it sort of makes sense because um, there was a fair bit of crowd trouble that day. Yeah, it sounds a bit of a weird one. That you don't really sort of hear anything like that in the modern day. So that is that's definitely a strange one. Um, now, probably one of my favourite comments that we've had on our Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, any anything really. That anybody's ever written in. And that's from Annette Smith, who answered the question of what's the strangest thing you've seen at a football game with Javad. So that's always, she, Who needs enemies when you've got friends she, like that? She's dead
1: to me. <laughs> um, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll see her in a few weeks, hopefully. <laughs> that's one to be burning. Um, yeah.
0: Less said about that one, the better then. <laughs> Sounds a bit, um, that was pretty. I really enjoyed it, and even if Javad didn't. So thanks so much for your contribution there. Um, Daniel Goddard-Miller as well, um, who writes in all the time. Uh, so thanks again for your continued support. Um, three guys in the row behind me discussing travel plans and booking a hotel for a Spurs away game whilst the game was going on. Talk about being in the moment. It couldn't be any further from it. It It's a bit of a strange one. Um, But I I sort of get that one a little bit more, because maybe you're there and you're like, oh, yeah, next week we've got this, blah, 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 but still a little bit weird. Um, Richard Healy, um, so he was at the Villa game when Bosnich did the Nazi salute. Even as a teenager, I knew that was very strangely wrong. That is just... At the
1: time, he said he was doing a battle faulty impression. Um, He tried to play it down, but it was, uh, yeah
0: wasn't a smart thing no um, very very strange um, Dan Hearn Holiday Dan over in Australia um, Paolo Wanchop his legs move completely independent from his body so I thought, I thought that was quite a funny one thanks for that Dan um, Simon Mitchell uh, sorry for any, any Norwich fans that listen but he said he once saw a Norwich fan that wasn't inbred so yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice one, there, Simon. And finally, Mark Walsh. So he said the strangest thing that he's seen on a footy pitch while not being there, but watched live, has to be the beach ball incident at Sunderland. Uh, hilarious that it was a Liverpool lad too. I'd completely forgotten about that incident. That was so bizarre. So for any, I'm sure everybody has seen it, but for anyone that's not, there's a brilliant clip before the game of there being a beach ball in the Liverpool end at Sunderland, and some youngster patting it onto the pitch, and later on it obviously came back to bite them when I think it was Darren Bent shot. Aaron Bent deflected in off the beach ball, Pepe Reina was sort of baffled and didn't know if to save the beach ball, the actual ball and save neither Uh, and I think that game finished 1-0 as well if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, um, so some really really good ones So again, thanks everyone for writing in with those Because uh, there's some pretty funny ones Javad, have you got any any weird ones? Okay, I've I
1: tr- I to spend most of the day Racking my brain And I'm sure there are probably more That I can come up with But I'll, c- I'll, c- I'll come up with the f- I'll, I'll mention the first two That immediately came to my mind Okay, so one of them I don't know if it's strange But I would certainly say surreal moment Was the Fabrice Mwamba In uh, when I was there, I was in the West Upper, and it just sort of happened. And I think it's one of those things, if you watched it, it's, it on, on, I don't know what the experience of watching it on TV, but I suspect that it's one of those things where at the time they, the cameras panned away from what was going on, and there's probably no footage of of it that exists anywhere if you, if you, if you Google it, so you really had to be there. And it was just just strange, the ground fell in, in silence, and then we were all wondering what was, what was happening to him, and then... The Bolton fans sing, singing his name and then the Tottenham fans doing that as well. That, that was a surreal experience. Um, mm. On a more lighter note, more recently, um, I was watching Tottenham against Hull. That was earlier in the season. I mean, it was a midweek match. I was in the West Lower, And there was a gentleman dressed um, in a kimono <laughs> outfit, which is fine. You know, you, you see that, but not at a football brand. Surely not. So that was a bit bizarre.
0: you're saying about the Muamban so I wasn't there for that game um, and I was at home watching it on the telly remember it sort of happening and nobody sort of really knowing what was going on and the cameras on him while he was down because obviously they just assumed it was a normal injury and as soon as it did get a bit severe you're right the cameras were just sort of on the crowd um, showing replays and then it cut to I can't remember who it was doing the commentary but it just cut away completely from the game and they the pundits were just talking about Potentially, what it was talking about the t- I think we were up twenty minutes into a game as well, weren't we? Which I think we were losing. Um, but that was a yeah, that was a real, real strange one. Um, but I do I don't want this to come across wrong, but I do love the way when there is a major incident like that, the way football unites is so good. Like obviously, what's gone in, on in Brazil as well with the plane crash. You see how much football unites when there is that sort of tragic incidents that go on, um, which is what makes a game that we all love so good. Um, I was racking my brain for the strangest things I've ever seen. I mean, I did see Corluka do an overlap once, which was was pretty strange. I mean, he was as slow as anything. Um, but I don't really think I can top the ones that the listeners have uh, have written in. With there's some some real good ones on there. Um, any others?
1: I was, I was trying to find. I was. I mean, I'm sure there must be others. I was trying to think, for example, I don't know, one of those like a, a rare events, like a. Scott Parker goal I don't think he ever scored for
0: us but something, no. something akin to that, that, that maybe um, I was up the game when Paul Robinson scored that was quite that's quite a strange one seeing your goalkeeper score from about 75 yards or whatever it was that was up there as a pretty weird one um, I guess the only other sort of strange things have been some of the strange losses that we've had over the years when you think back to games when we're just cruising 3-0 up at home to Man City you had 10 men in the cup and losing you just think how, how strange that was but i'd probably say maybe the paul robinson one then that's probably up there as one of the weirdest things i don't ever imagine myself going to a game and seeing a goalkeeper score again um that was, yeah, that was that was a pretty cool one um any more any more on this let's move on let's move on um we'll talk about everton in a minute but Harry Kane is now the leading scorer in the Premier League. I missed a heap of games at the start of the season. Um, there's been a lot of talk. But there was a lot of talk in the lead up to the Everton game about, oh, who would you rather have on your team? Would you rather have Kane? Would you rather have Lukaku? And uh, Neville and Redknapp and Tuna. So they all went into the pros and cons of each player. Some saying, "Oh." Kane's only sort of as good as the players around him. Lukaku's a better lone forward, and all of this. But if you look at purely just goals this season, he's got more than Lukaku, and I think he's played six or seven games less. So for me, that there's just there's no competition between them two. I like Lukaku. I think he's a great forward. He, he, he played all right against us yesterday. Um, but Kane, for me, is just in in another level. And this season, he's another one of them players that's just kicked on again. You think he had his first year, and you thought. Wow, he's come out of nowhere, can he do it again? He did it again. And then the third season is even more of a harder challenge, especially after what went on in the Euros with England in the summer. And he's it, it, just gone on to another level. And I mean, I think in the Premier League, there, might be, there are better individual strikers. But for us, I can't think of anyone in the Premier League that I'd swap him for, purely just because he's the perfect... If you were to create the centre-four for Tottenham he would be it you wouldn't create an Aguero who alright maybe he's a better individual but in the way we play I can only really think of Suarez as somebody that with the high press and the aggression up front would really be any better for us Um, what do you think would you swap Kane for anyone no not
1: at this stage I I remember 2014-15 when he was the point at which I think it was was beginning of the Chelsea game when when we beat them 5-3 and that was the point at which he started really scoring I know he scored a few prior to that from that November um, but then he pushed on even further. I remember watching that game right at the beginning watching Costa and watching his movement and I couldn't help but think, we need a striker like Costa. And whatever anyone thinks of Costa, I haven't got much time for him but I'd probably say Costa and Aguero are probably the other two main strikers in the Premier League. Jamie Vardy can do one in just (laughs) one good good season. Um, uh, But now, if you ask me that question now, um, yes, somebody like Aguero, for example, is is very skillful and quick, and and he's a joy to watch. And Costa, forget all the antics when he's on form; he's a good striker. Hmm. Will I swap either of them? No, not for Kane. I don't think I've swap any anybody in the world for Harry Kane. I, I do genuinely think he's that good. That is and good, for, and good for us, by the way. That's that's the other thing. Yeah. You, someone like Suarez. He is a quality player, um, and he is arguably better. But he is better than Harry Kane, and a different sort of player. But I think that Kane fits into our system, and I wouldn't, I
0: wouldn't stop him. I think it's just having that player that is that that suits you. And I think of players we've had down the years that I I still don't necessarily think are the best players in the world, but are certainly not the worst players in the world. Players like Pavlochenko, even Soldado, to a certain extent just didn't really fit the Spurs mould and you have to be a certain type of striker especially in the modern day to be able to come in and it's it's ridiculous but scoring 20-25 Premier League goals is not enough anymore. You've got to have more to your game than that. You think of strikers we've had someone like Darren Bent who scored goals for fun but didn't would never really offer much in a game but Kane is just He's taken it to a new level, and the thing for me is he's scoring all different types of goals. He's not just a fox in the box. He can score with either foot. He's good in the air, as he showed against Everton. He can score long range goals. He's good from the spot. Put him through one on one nine times out of ten, he'll finish. It's just, it's it's incredible how how well he's playing this season, last season, really since Pochettino's taken over. He's he's taken it to a new level. Um, the thing we've just got to make sure, we keep hold of him. But that's the main thing because he's so crucial to us and. Fingers crossed he doesn't get injured as well.
1: I can't see him leaving. I think Pochettino is crucial to keeping all our players. As long as Pochettino's there, I think that um, all our star players will will will, will stay mm. at the club unless they're surplus to requirements. I don't think you would go back to Bale. The last person that actually wanted to go. Yeah. Um, I was had some stats for, for her and also just just to add, Kane has got that sort of. He's Tottenham. No, I can't see him really joining another another club. Possibly in a few years from, from now, when he's at the peak of his career, maybe he might fancy a move abroad, who knows. Um, I've got some stats, so 2014-15, um, just in the Premier League, 34 played, 21 scored. Um, that was... I mean, at the start of the season, was it November at that point he came in? OK, it's only 34. Last season, 38 four more games, 25 goals. Um, so far this season, off the top of my head, I think it's 19 goals out of however many games. Um, he's missed quite a few for injury.
0: It's just—it's a remarkable return though, really, from from a player that's playing up front on his own um, and has come from nowhere to be scoring that many goals. 19
1: out of 22. <sighs> now, how many games have we going We've got left? I think it's 11. So, assuming he plays in all those games, he'll get to about 30-odd, which is about the same number he played in those previous seasons because of that big injury spell that he had in the middle. But there's no reason why he won't surpass that. No. And that's actually the Premier League goals so I'm not including. No.
0: And the thing is, as well, it's it's not even just the consistency in the goals, but for me it's the consistency in his performances. Because there'll be, he'll go two, three games without scoring and people start getting on his back. But I think back to the start of this season where he wasn't scoring that many, especially the start of last season where people were really on his case being like, oh he's not good enough, but his performances even without the goals are so important I can't really think of many goals that we score where he doesn't play a pivotal role in it. There's not much where there's a bit of play up the left-hand side and it's crossing alley scores and Kane's got nothing to do with it. He's always doing something, and if it's not directly, it's dragging a centre-back out of position so Ali or Ericsson can run in and, and finish the ball, whatever. He's always involved, and I know there's a lot of talk about him and some people think he's underrated and doesn't do much, but for me, like... Is probably the best striker, best all round striker I've seen. Now, people like Klingsman was slightly before my time, but I'm comparing that to the likes of Defoe, Berbatov, Keane, all brilliant players, but Kane just seems to be the the perfect mould of all three. And he seems to he's just he's just got absolutely everything in his locker. The the toughest thing, which he talked about a few weeks ago, is finding that second striker. So what what are your thoughts on Jansen? Um
1: I Difficult. He devised opinion. I mean, I think early on in the season I was giving him the benefit of the doubt a lot. Um, now, I don't know what... I mean, I think there's another season left in him. He's still fairly young, but that's it really. I can't see him saying, you know, for what we've paid. It's not just for what we've paid, it's the fact that we can't really carry any passengers. We need people that, hit, that can hit the ground running. Now, maybe because he's come from the Dutch division, and maybe because it takes a while for players to come in and um take on board Pochettino's training methods you'll be staying and, and stuff it might take players a little bit longer, so
0: we can give them maybe another season, but you know, yeah. mm. know. it's a difficult one um. We'll talk about Janssen Janssen again in a minute. So let's move on and and chat about the Everton game. Um, Now, I wasn't actually due to be going to this one. Um, My mum and dad were actually going on on our season tickets for this week. So I I was just going to be at home watching it. But I had a last-minute ticket come up in the West Upper, where I don't normally ever sit. So I went up there... um, brilliant view of the game. I don't know if, you, if you've if you sat up there before, but absolutely brilliant view of the game. Um, and you can really appreciate the forward players a lot more up there. Their movement off the ball is absolutely incredible, and you really see the bigger picture. It's a bit strange up there, though. The fans are they're quite moaning, quite negative about really a, a really small thing, like a, a slight misplaced pass that Ben Davis made in the first half. And it wasn't even, we didn't even give the ball away, it just meant that Dembele had to take additional touch, and people were out of their seats shouting, and I just, I, I was amazed. I, I don't ever deviate from the north-lower, really, because that's where my season ticket is. So if I do ever go anywhere else, it might be maybe in the south, where it seems to me that the north and the south is good support in the lower tiers, um, but it, it was it was strange up in the West. Have you sat up there before? I've sat
1: there before. The, the, you you, know, you pay for the views, but if you're after atmosphere and you're if you're after avoiding fans that moan constantly every every two minutes, then it's not the place mm. to be. Um, yeah, perfect view of the match. I'm, I'm going to be there for the Southampton game. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I didn't have the best of views. So I was in the slower. Um, and this is through the ballot system. so mm. I don't know this this season. That
0: and that works differently, right? As and you don't pick where you want to sit. You just randomly. You randomly allocated a seat. You
1: specify, so you can specify the most that you're prepared to pay. So, for example, West Upper being the most, um, but it's it's completely random. If you don't, if you specify, for example, if you do on the lowest available, so we're talking about North Lower or, or South Lower, then that's your bar. Effectively, what it means is you've ruled yourself out of. Being pulled out yeah. of West or um, East Downs or North and South Upper. So your chances therefore diminish. Yeah. I wanted to go to the game. so <laughs> I set the yeah. bar at, at the highest. As it was, I got a ticket in East Lower, but I was right behind the pillar. I so not yeah. right East Lower, right behind the pillar. Yeah. Okay. didn't have a best view, so I missed um, the Tongans' tackle early on in the match when Lukaku broke through.
0: Oh, that was. Uh, brilliant bit of defending uh, you know what let's talk about Vertonghen because for me he's my player of the season this year he has been unbelievable and you think we had a long period where we didn't have Toby and really we didn't really miss him all that much because Jan just completely upped his game and then when Jan's got injured and gone out of the team it just sort of coincided to us being a little bit shaky at the back not keeping the the ball as well he I mean, how good is he? I'd put him up there really with any centre back in the Premier League this season. I think that
1: both of our centre backs, I'm a bit biased because I'm a big fan of Toby, so I keep getting asked this um, by friends and on social media about who's having the best season, and and the the consensus of opinion seems to sway towards um, Jan. So I'm I'm always reluctant to admit that. um, But I think both our centre backs have. Probably the best in the Premier League, as far as I'm concerned, and up there. Jan, I think he's benefited from playing with Toby. Um, If you look at some of the people that he was paired up before with, Fazio,
0: Caval. Is he still a Spurs player, Fazio? I think he is, right? Is he on... Is he on yeah, loan out there? We, that's Roman, I thought
1: that was going to be a permanent deal in the
0: summer. I don't know. I was reading some stuff on Twitter about some journalists out in, out in Italy saying about like what an amazing season he's actually having out there, which is good for us if, if the, the fee isn't agreed, because that means Levy will just get £75 million for Fazio. It would be a ludicrous fee that we end up getting for him. Um, but I think you're right. I mean, who else he play? We played with Dawson. Dawson's a solid defender. And I'm, and I'm loathe to criticise him. I think he's a
1: solid defender, but, you know didn't have a regular pace, for example. Um, having said that, that first season when when, when they played together, Yam Jan, Yan's first season, Yan was superb that season. And I think since then we had the, the A V B show season and I think he was very frustrated mm. and then the you know, came in and partnered partnered with Fazio initially, but last season he came back into the the YAM that we know, playing with Toby this season. You're right; he's been a revelation. And I think the system helps as well. Playing with the back three, he's really pushing forward. And um, yesterday, I think he linked up a lot um, with with Davis really well. Um,
0: yeah, I agree. And uh, what you saying about playing that back three. He is so good on the ball. He's so composed and. Normally, when well, what we've seen this season, when teams have played against us, when we're playing that back three, they don't really want to press the centre backs. Which is—he just carries the ball. There were times in that Everton game where, where he actually, at one point, just beat Ashley Williams in open play. He drove straight through the centre of the pitch, dressed Williams out, went past him, see a had a shot on the key, made a great save. Um, but to be honest, that all that back three. I mean, Lukaku is an excellent striker, but he was very, very quiet in that game and that wasn't because Everton were poor, it was because we dealt with him so well. As soon as the long ball went forward, it was almost like we sort of accepted, nine times out of ten, he's going to win the header, he's going to chest it down, but the three centre-backs just formed a triangle around him and he just couldn't, if he did chest it down, we were just on the second ball, we'd nicked it and then we were away again. Um, let's talk about that first Kane goal, because I mean, that it came out of nowhere. It's just Ben Davis has the ball just just further along on the halfway line, plays it into Kane, back to goal. You think, oh, he's not really going anywhere. Manages to get a turn around uh, Garner and then just unleashes this absolutely lethal strike, which when it first happened didn't it, and it went in, I thought, oh, God. Keeper, so like it didn't look like he hit it that hard. And they showed the replan. The way he strikes it, the ball just dips and's moving all over the place. And I felt quite sorry for the kid because he's just bamboozled really between the sticks. He had no idea where it was going. And it was it was an absolute beauty. It's as good a goal as I've seen him score this season. It reminded me a lot of the Chelsea game at five-three coming in from the left and just absolutely smashing it in the bottom corner. But it was a brilliant goal, to be honest, from. The moment we scored that first goal, our football in the first half at one nil was just absolutely brilliant. They didn't even get they didn't even get halfway out of their half effort, and let alone into ours. It was just absolutely brilliant. There was a passage of play before the goal where we were
1: just sort of passing it side to side, and the movement was a bit slow. And when he picked the ball up, suddenly there was an urgency, and then he just cut in, and then bang. My only criticism. Oh, from the opposition point of view, I don't think the goalkeeper could have done much about it. Possibly you could argue that the defenders could have closed him down because once he gets into that position on the left-hand side there's only one thing he's going to want to do is cut inside. A bit like Jermaine Dufo, Diff- slightly different, but J- Jermaine Dufo used to yeah. do that as well and yeah it was reminiscent of, of that goal against Chelsea. Um, and it's also going back to what you said earlier about Kane's ability to, I think, to score goals out of nothing. This is a prime example, this goal, the goal against Chelsea, one against Arsenal last season, um, and also Liverpool away last last season. I think these are, these are goals, where um, if it was another striker and he received the ball, he might, if he's got pace, he might try to run with it, or he might try to lay it off to another st- striker. Um, if he's got a bad face to the goal, but Kane picks it up and he's mm-hmm. just right, like, right, one thing on his mind.
0: It sort of reminded me of you know, like an early Wayne Rooney goal. Where he'd get it. It smash a defender out of the way, move out of the way, and bang the balls in the back of the net. And for me, that's that's what gives him the edge over someone like Lukaku. As good as Lukaku is, he can't score a goal like that. And there aren't, like we said, there aren't many forwards in the Prem that can score that. You have got Giroud, who's a, who's a decent forward. You wouldn't you wouldn't ever see him score a goal like that. Even Costa, you don't, you don't really see him scoring from distance. And that that's what really for me sets him aside to everyone else but I wanted to talk about Everton because I went into this game a little bit nervous, I thought they're a good side Everton, they've got Barkley and Lukaku so they're always going to be a threat going forward, experience at the back as well, even if you, even if you don't rate Coleman, Williams and Baines, they're experienced Premier League players so they, they know what they're doing. Um, and they just—they were very, very passive. They didn't—they didn't close us down. They didn't. Their fullbacks really in the first hour of the game didn't get forward whatsoever. And that's their biggest threat. Cummins and Baines their biggest threat. Baines Baines has got a good delivery really, as anyone in football. Um, and I just thought it was a bit strange that Kuman the way he approached it, deviated and and they stopped doing everything that they've been good at the last seven eight games because they were so worried about stopping us. And I think teams that have caused us problems this season have been the teams that have come and actually caused us a bit of a threat i know traditionally you'd think you can go to spurs and sit back and frustrate them and probably pick a point out, but we seem to be actually be quite good at breaking sides down now whereas Everton, and i don't know i just think if you've got barkley and lukaku going forward and you've got good fullbacks you think maybe like get the ball out of there but there was a real reluctancy from them to go forward maybe that wasn't the game plan maybe that was they physically couldn't because we were so good without the ball which we were in the first half but I just thought it was a bit strange and I thought they put up a bit more of a fight than they did. I sort of I
1: expected them to do a Liverpool on us or to, to try to do yeah. that. I'm not saying they were going to necessarily get away with that but I was expecting them to look at how Liverpool played against us not just at Anfield this season but actually unfortunately since Klopp has taken over that we've yet to beat them um, in that time and I think he's always always had the measure of us. we have drawn a lot of games, obviously, in that period of time, and I was expecting a similar sort of to come mm. out in a similar sort of way. And they're also generally quite expansive when they come to, um, when, they, when they play us, which which is a good thing from our point of view because it allows us to, to hit them on the counter. But you're right; they were very passive. Um, maybe they should have gone with an extra forwards and, and not just have Lukaku. Lukaku seemed a bit isolated, yeah. and I think that maybe if they have somebody else. Could have caused our centre backs, let's say Yann, but Yana and Davis to miss you and sort of pen them in um, into our own half, that it might have been a different story. But then, as you said, you can't take away the quality of our players, maybe maybe they just can't cope. No. Yeah. When, when we're on top of our game, I don't think there are many teams that, particularly at my heart lane this season.
0: And it was also that was our ninth consecutive home win, which is a club record. So anybody any any doubters out there about this team or Pochettino were already making history with this side. So that was a pretty phenomenal achievement. It would be brilliant if we could go the last season at the lane undefeated as well. That would be an absolutely brilliant like way to sort of sign sign the stadium out. Um Kane made it two nil as well in the second half. Brilliant bit of pressing from Dembele and Ali, through one and one. There was no doubt that ball was going in the back of the net and 2-0 we were cruising to be honest. And then Kuman fair play to him, rolled the dice, put Morales on, went 2-up, bold move. But they actually looked pretty dangerous when they did that and they were winning a lot of second balls which they didn't do in the first half. Lukaku got the goal for 2-1. Good play, Vertonghen was a bit unlucky, just lost his foot and it. it was a tidy finish. And, but it was a bit nervy and I was sitting there watching it being like, we've absolutely dominated this game. But yet there's five minutes to go and it's 2-1 and they're on the hunt for an equaliser. I was, I was a bit nervous, to be honest, at points. Um, couple of changes. And that Delhi Alli goal was just <laughs> absolutely brilliant. Bit of quick thinking from Winks, who slid the ball in and a brilliant finish from Alli. Um, and there was a brilliant moment as well. They'd celebrated, but Ali ran back to the halfway line and, and hugged Potch. And I just thought there's, that, there's such a sense of unity in the squad. And there's not many sides where you'd see a young player Go over and properly celebrate like that with a manager.
1: I tell you what it says about our club. Forget about the, forget about the, the, the success this season, last season for a minute. And obviously that's that's the most important thing, um, doing well and, and winning matches and, and so forth. Um, but the team harmony, team harmony. The, you, this morning at work, um, an Arsenal fan. I, I stayed out of it. I just, well, I'm not, not going to blow but. Um, United fans had uh, a conversation with an Arsenal fan and um, was saying oh what's happened to Sanchez and he mentioned oh, we had a bust up on the training page you couldn't see that Spurs you couldn't <laughs> see that under Pochettino the harmony amongst you know and if there are any issues so like for example Waddy Bial or whoever even Townsend out. yeah Yeah, Townsend and I even mean, Townsend body, it wasn't anything like a bust up as such but yeah, they all get shipped out but the but the but our core players our Amis our Canes Toby's, again guess, that the harmony that's, it, it, I think you, you can't underestimate how important that that is, the
0: cam- camaraderie. And I also think that the players sort of know that as key as, as key as they are, so as key as Kane, Ali, Toby, as big as they are for us, I think in the back of their mind they know, if we're not playing well, or a we kick off, we're out. Like Pochettino really seems to have instilled that. The club is bigger than any of you here, and you might be my top scorer, you might be my best midfielder, my best centre-back, but if you're not performing, or you're not behaving appropriately, that doesn't bother me, I'll find somebody else that will come in and do it. Um, You're right, you you wouldn't see a training ground bust-up anymore, because the players know, they know, even to be honest, when you've got the likes of Harry Winks knocking on the door, when he's coming on in games, he's starting to get assists now as well, but that's why, for me, Dembele and Wanyama have been so, so good. Because they know they've only got to have a bad hour. They're off. Winks is on. He'll play well for 30 minutes. He starts the next game. No no hesitation whatsoever. Um, and I, I completely agree with what you said about know I think it's absolutely remarkable what he's doing. And you just see the, the change in the whole club. It, it, it really is it's, it's as good as anything. Um, anything else about the Everton game? I mean, they scored the late goal for 3-2 as so that was a consolation. For me, it could have been 3 4 nil again with just bossed them and they, they did well to sort of nick a couple of goals that they did. Um, anything else on Everton? We
1: mentioned uh, at earlier, I mean, I mean he didn't have much time on the pitch and you mentioned Winks of course, um, Sissoko
0: came on for a bit. Um, Got a bit of stick from the Everton fans as well when he did come on which I thought was quite funny. Um, I,
1: I'm not convinced. Mm.
0: It's difficult, isn't it? Because you think back to the window, um, and we were reportedly in for Wijnaldum when he was at Newcastle, and we were willing to pay 20 mil, but no more. Liverpool went to 20 out, whatever it was, and we were like, we're not paying that type of money. And then Sissoko signs for 30, and you think, hmm, that's a bit of a strange one if you weren't willing to sort of meet the price for another player.
1: Potentially,
0: potentially. Potentially. It's a hard one. I, I think he's a good Premier League player, Sissoko. I don't necessarily think that he suits us all that well I think he's a bit of I'm not I'm not sure I don't know is he a right midfielder is he a central player I'm not really too sure what he's bringing to us Um, but I don't know maybe he'll maybe he'll come good I still think back to that game when we beat City 2-0 at the lane at the start of the season and he was absolutely brilliant in that game and you think it must just be a case of him being able to produce that week in week out I've got a mate a mate that I work with actually he's a big Newcastle fan and he said when he turns it on in the big games brilliant but he said then for the next 20 games he wouldn't he wouldn't do it so
1: in the Tottenham shirt that match is the only time I've seen him play to so his potential he's a France international um, he had a good Euros um, playing on the right hand side of the left isn't his position he, he should be in the, in the centre of the park having said that um when he does come on and when he has got an opportunity his touch looks poor um, his final delivery is poor um, he looks seems laboured when he has to run back or just isn't dis- disinterested but as you said that Man City match um, mm-hmm. it, was di- it was a different play I, I, I'm convinced to this day that was his twin um, <laughs> where is real
0: versus Sissoko okay? answers on a postcard please for that one um, I was going to say something else about Sissoko I I almost think that he doesn't know how big he is. If you're that big and that strong and that quick, if that was me out there, all I'm doing is I'm just getting the ball, I'm knocking it 20 yards past the fullback, and I'm just going to run through you. There's now I thought in my mind, and I, it reminds me a little bit of Theo Walcott in terms of he doesn't know what his main asset is, which is his pace and his strength. Use it. Like if you get getting it out, especially if you're coming on with 10, 15 minutes to go, get it out there, run at your fullback. Do you know what I mean? When you're that big and that quick, no one's really good. It's like a steam train when he gets us going, he's absolutely ginormous. Um dunno, Jury's still out a bit on Tissoka, I think, this season. Um but it was another it was another brilliant win. Um took us up to second, I think, at the moment where did City go above us, I think, with their win? I think they no, did. No, or did so they're they not? They still have still, they're still got a game and having a point behind. So yeah. if they beat Stoke middle of the week,
1: they'll go two points ahead of us. Two points,
0: one to be honest it's so tight up there all we can really do is just keep winning at the moment there's no there's nothing else more we can do next weekend however no Premier League just Millwall just before we talk about yeah
1: football, sure next weekend when, when Liverpool play their Premier League match because they're not in the cup um, I can't remember who they're playing but whoever they're playing they can win that 9 or 10-0 ten, ten for all I care and they still might be above us by mm, the way that's at that point, they
0: would have
1: played a they would play the game extra
0: that's interesting. And I think as well, before we go on to Milwaukee, our fixtures, everyone has got to come to Spurs. All the big teams, we've yeah. played them away. So really, you think it's unlikely that they're all going to come to the lane and win. Like, If we were playing them all away and you were to say we could lose all of them, I couldn't see us losing one of their home games at the moment, the way we're playing at the lane. Um, that's interesting about Liverpool. Maybe it'll work in our favour not not having a Prem game this week, when really you could go into it still being ahead with a game in hand or whatever that that would be brilliant
1: and we still have to do it of course but at least we're not playing catch up yeah. in, the, in terms of trying regain our position and we'll still be above them yeah. regardless of their assault yeah
0: um, but it is Millwall Millwall at home at the weekend the last ever FA Cup ties we played at White Hart Lane as well is as Mass Wall or is it what, what do you I make of that do you think standards? do you think it's rubbish I I, I get that Obviously, we've struggled at Wembley and all of that, but it's got to just be—it's just got to be fake journalism, surely, or fans talking. Well, this
1: was in, so this was in the Evening standard, and as a quote from. Um, it's actually the Trust. The minutes of the, the meeting from the from the Trust and Levy says something along the lines of he doesn't say that we're not. It's just a contingency plan that if in the worst case scenario we're behind, then they would play at White Hart Lane for another mm-hmm. season then Wembley
0: and then we'd move into our new stadium 20... I've lost the... 20... 2019? 20. 20, 20, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. What's your take on Wembley? Because I don't, I don't think we've spoken too much about it because I, I've, I'm i in the minority but I actually quite enjoy Wembley. I quite like sitting in the lower tier. I think it's all right but you're, you're, you're looking, looking at me and um, not having it. I,
1: OK, so I was... Uh, when we when when it when we played Chelsea a few years ago in the Capital One Cup final, great occasion, um, you know, to to watch Spurs, and that's the first time that I watched Spurs in a cup final. That Wembley, we so that was a lovely occasion. Um, going into the European matches, there was a novelty factor the first time um, when we played Monaco, and it was you know 80 odd thousand and a new record and that sort of thing. It was an excitement. And then when I got there, I know it would have been different. I suppose if the result had been different, but. I didn't think the atmosphere was particularly good yeah. I didn't like that I was so away from the pitch I, didn't, I definitely didn't enjoy it the first or the second match interesting how results can <laughs> make yeah. things difference so, yes,
0: okay. where were you sat were you in the upper or were you in the lower or was um, it Club Wembley for,
1: for the Moscow match I was on the lower in the sort of side where the um, side of the pitch uh, near the, the goal range. yeah um, for the Leverkusen and CS game matches, I was behind the goal, but fairly high up. I think block 500 or somewhere around. Mm. And then for the last game, I was again behind the goal in a lower position. But the last two matches, again, because maybe because we the results were better, winning one and then drawing the other, and I thought by the way we played well against Gents in, in the home match, um, it was a bit more enjoyable. And the atmosphere was okay, but I still don't like it. I don't think acoustically is mm. good, I think that it's, it's too far away from the pitch. Uh, I don't I don't buy into the, the, the whole theory about there being a Wembley hoodoo as such, because if you look at it, we played there four times this season, we've won one game, we've drawn one, we've, we've lost the first two. That's it. We've just lost the first two. Which arguably we might have lost those, I'm not... We might have possibly lost those, had they been at White Hart I Lane. Mean, yes, it would have been a different sort of atmosphere undoubtedly, but we could have still lost those games on the
0: night and I think as well we need to like our new stadium's going to be like Wembley it's going to be alright we're going to be close to the pitch but it's a big stadium it's going to be new and I think we've just got to make sure we don't fall into the trap of oh it's the stadium blah blah at the end of the day it's 11 v 11 and there's two goals and that's really all it comes down to I know fans play a part but I think at professional level it shouldn't be as influential as it is but we'll see we'll see you'd imagine that The plans will go ahead. It'll be Wembley next year and then we'll go into the new stadium. We'll get another two chances to
1: play there anyway this season. Fingers
0: crossed. Fingers crossed. I mean, are you excited? Are you going to the Millwall game, first of all? I'm going to the Millwall game as well. That is going to be... If we haven't played them for, what, 20, 25 years, really, it's going to be absolutely brilliant. They'll bring a a pretty chunky following down, I'm sure. Um, I mean, on paper, it's a Prem team against a League One team, so you'd think we should get through, but... They've caused quite a few upsets so far. Recently, to be honest, the last few years, they've been pretty good in cup competitions with knockout wins. Most of them have been at the Den. So you'd think if it was an away game, I'd be a little bit more sceptical going into it. But you'd think we'll be at full strength. The players know they're a game from a semi-final at Wembley in the FA Cup. Last one at the lane probably. It doesn't really get much bigger for them. So you'd expect them to have too much in their locker for Millwall. What were what, what, what your thoughts? I think,
1: I think that if you're a... Uh, a championship or a League 1 or League 2 side, if you stand any chance, of, if you're the underdog and you stand any chance of beating the bigger team, you've got to be at your best, you've got to be at your very, very, very best and also hope that for whatever reason, the team that you're playing isn't, is weakened perhaps in some way, they haven't forced them not to force them So for example, two sides of the coin, Wickham, they came to White Hart Lane, they played out of their skin. Um, we didn't play certainly the first half as well as we could. We played a weakened team, a lot of changes, players not used to playing with each other. You contrast that to Fulham, we pretty much had a strong team out. I think the only changes that on my head were Trippier and for Walker. Yeah. Um, and Winx played. Winks played, um, for Dembele and Dembele came on that play. Otherwise it was a strong team. And Fulham didn't cause us any problems. if they had any chance of of beating us they had to so if you take the scenario let's just say Mill will play out their skins which must be a big if if they do that we've got to be somehow weakened well at the moment I don't think Pochettino we saw that in his selection against Fulham and the match against again we're in the bitter end of the season he's not going to mess around Um, and
0: also we don't have like there's no reason why we're going to rest players, right? It's just, it's it's three more games. If we win the FA Cup, it's three more games than what we plan. Now, if, if we had Europa League coming up, like, then I'd be like, he might maybe rest a few and rotate, but I, I can't see any The only thing that he maybe he might do, he might, might play Trippier, and you'd probably say Vorm will play because he's been the cupkeeper. But apart from that, I can't see any other, there being really anything else that he'll change at all. Yeah,
1: um, so assuming that Mamella and Rose are still in and we yeah. don't have any new injuries. Um, I'd go along with that. I think I can see him maybe making one or two maximum changes, if that, and the ones that you said, Trippier. Not sure about 4 Did Vaughan play against Fulham? Yes. Is yeah, I don't
0: know. It's, yeah. The, the cup goalkeepers, I always think, are so interesting because, if, let's say, Vaughan plays every game yeah. and then we're in the final. Do you know what I mean? It's always like, what do you do? Do you, do you swap back and play your best keeper, or do you stick with, no, he's my cup goalie? What do you do? Say, say we're in the final. Vaughan. It's
1: a brutal game. There's no room for sentiment. Um, if you cast your mind back to the Capital One Cup um, two years ago, and I think Vaughan played in the early rounds. I can't remember if he played in the semis against Sheffield United, but he certainly didn't mm. play in the final <laughs> when it was Chelsea. In the final, Larice, as I recall, started that yeah. match. And
0: also, when we won it against Chelsea, Robert had been out of the team. Yeah, yeah. Cherny played all yeah. the way through and he yeah. got to the final and he yeah. was like, nope, sorry, Robert's back in. So It must be so disheartening for a keeper to go on a brilliant run. and But then I suppose Vaughan knows, doesn't he? He seems like quite a level-headed guy, that he knows Hugo's the main one and he's there to step in as he, and when. You're
1: right, I think it'll be Vaughan in for Larice, And if we get to the semis and, dare I say it, let's say we play Arsenal whoever, City or Chelsea, it will be Lloris from that point. Mm. In. Um, so I can see the, the one or two changes you, you, you suggested. Possibly Winks, maybe. Mm. And there might be a temptation to maybe play Winks and rest one down Dan when and Ronyam and have them on the bench. It
0: would be Harry Kane against his former club as well because he did spend a short uh, loan spell down at Millwall as well. And whilst we're on cup competition, just a shout out as well to the ladies' team, who had another remarkable win at the weekend. So they beat Cardiff 3-0 in another cup semi-final, so they're through to the final again. So I think that's two cup finals now. Is it three they're into? I mean, they're just having a remarkable season Through to all the cup finals, flying in the league So it's a pretty exciting exciting, t- exciting time for the ladies and the men at the moment um, Predictions for that Millwall game? What do you reckon?
1: Hmm. Um, I'll Let's go with Conservative
0: 2-0 I, think, I don't think it'll be a hammer-in um, and I think we'll probably be a little bit more cautious than we were against Wicca and probably approach it like we did the Fulham game, where we're solid first 20 and then look to build on it. But I'd probably go 2-0 as well. Um, it'd be an interesting one. I've got a player feature as well, um, which we haven't had for a couple of weeks. Um, but this week we're talking about Jermaine Genius. Um Not the best player in the world, but again one of the players that I grew up with and I, I used to quite like watching him play. Um, so this is uh, JJ's player feature. So he was born on the 18th of February 1983 in Nottingham, and made his professional debut as a 17-year-old for his boyhood club, Nottingham Forest. They were playing in the second tier at that time, and that was in a 1-0 home loss to Wolves in the FA Cup, um, it was when he made his debut. he became a regular in the second season there, so that was the 2001-2002 season. Scored his first senior goal on August 18th 2001 in a 2-1 defeat away to Barnsley. Made a total of thirty-three appearances, scoring four goals for Nottingham Forest, but was sold to Newcastle United in February two thousand and two for five million pounds. And despite an impressive first full season at Newcastle, in which he won the two thousand and two two thousand and three PFA Young Player of the Year award, didn't know he'd won that. Learned that today, doing some research about him. Um, he failed to repeat his initial form with the club, and his two subsequent seasons were disappointing, considering his early promise. However, he temporarily regained his form and gained the vice captaincy under Graham Sooness. That was in the 2004 2005 season. Uh, but his form dipped again with only two goals in, in 48 games and fell out of the team. Um, struggled to get back in and he, he was sold to Spurs after scoring 12 goals in 152 appearances for Newcastle. So moved to Spurs, transfer deadline day August 2005. That was for, for a fee of £7 million and his first season at Spurs scored seven goals from midfield as we qualified for the UEFA Cup. He then signed a new five-year deal in 2007, so that would keep him at the club until 2012, uh, and was key in the later stages of the Carling Cup that we won. So he scored in both legs in the semi-final against Arsenal, 1-1 away draw and then that 5-1 destruction at home, um, and crossed the ball for Johnny Woodgate's winner in the final against Chelsea as well. Um, so pretty instrumental really in us lifting that, lifting that trophy. Uh, And he was a player that was known at Spurs really for being a big game player, Uh, scored 21 goals in total, that was in 155 appearances Um, and since his departure had spells at Aston Villa then again at Nottingham Forest in QPR before retiring in 2014 and scored a total of 39 goals in 341 club appearances and one goal for England in 21 games as well. So he was an England international. He was always sort of on the brink international levels and he? he wasn't quite good enough to get in. It was a time when we had all the big guns in there, wasn't it? So it was always going to be quite difficult for him. Um, that's Jermaine Geniuses' player feature. Um, do you rate him as a player? Any he's good like JJ he's memories? He's, he's, he's much
1: maligned amongst our fans. When we look back at him, it's it almost like a butt of jokes, which I think is a bit unfair. Um, that season that you mentioned, the the, the Carling Cup season, oh seven oh eight season, and, and that was on the back of I mean, starting the yole that season, and then Ramos came in, and that period of time the, the particular the semi final was there, um, the 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 five on um, demolition of mm-hmm. that was. Bit, just that. <laughs>
0: that's my happy place on YouTube that. if I'm having a tough day just put that 5-1 on I always, I always watch it
1: before a North London derby and then I, I particularly love the, the bit at the end when Robbie Keane celebrating. anyway digress um, <laughs> that season he was, he, was, he was great in that match um, and he also uh, I think came into the England squad under Capello who I think it was in Capello's first squad maybe in first team around about the same time as sort of February 2008 so he was at the peak of his game and then it sort of dipped as I recall when Redknapp came in um not his first not Redknapp's first season his first full season so 2009 I think he started he was in the centre midfield with either Huddleston or Palacios I can't recall yeah. and then he got injured and then he didn't find his way back in the team and he had a few appearances after that and then he just sort of his career and yeah. you know, we loaned him out to various places yeah. but that was it um
0: I remember him having an absolute storm over a game in the 4-4 draw at Arsenal. He scored the third goal where he won it on the halfway line, ran sort of half a length of the pitch and then just bent the ball in the top corner. He was just he was just good, even if it was just for two games a season against Arsenal, it was worth having him on the books just for those games. I quite liked him. I mean, you can see really, no disrespect to him, how much we have moved on as a club now, where back then it was players sort of on the brink of playing for the national team, whereas now it's international starters but I used to quite like JJ I quite like him as a pundit as well yeah. on match of the day he's still got a bit of Spurs bias in him as well yeah, which absolutely. I like
1: there isn't enough of that unfortunately Yeah, um, but he's also not just even to take, take away his Spurs um, bias he's, he's a good pundit he's very articulate very sensible he doesn't talk nonsense unlike a lot of pundits um, the Spurs bias I liked that a few weeks ago when Philip Neville, Phil Neville was going on about how um, United had the best best 11 and you could just and you could see Jermaine Genus suddenly just turn on him and just say, Are you sure and he suddenly started speaking of yeah. um, the other interesting thing I think, this is quite a controversial thing to say, but I think if Genus was playing today um, in his peak, shall we say in that 2008, or even earlier on in his career when he was at Newcastle and I remember him, 0-2, 3 or of those integral part of that team when he was a lot younger i think he would fit in into our system under pochettino i think he would be ahead of um ahead of say a mason and a benson lab who we've obviously since Mm. i could see him and a tom carroll i could see him being in and around that squad he certainly be ahead of Musa
0: sissoko he was always sort of a High intensity player Played yeah, with a lot yeah. of pace But then I suppose That was why he got So many injuries as well But I get what you're saying Because okay. Premier League football's changed a lot now has not it It used to be a lot more Possession based And slow build up But now it's like How good are you Without the ball So I with, you know. it would, it would get the
1: best out of him
0: Yeah, yeah. Know. Never know um, Anything else You want to chat about We've covered pretty much everything on the agenda. Um, for anybody that, that hasn't listened to Javad's podcast, Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast, do check it out. And what what are you guys at on Twitter? Is it just at it's at thf podcast at thf podcast? There you go. So check that out on Twitter uh, if you don't already give that a follow. Um, but other than that, thanks a lot for coming on. Always always a pleasure to have you on here. Um, fingers crossed for for the Millwall game. And remember, whatever happens, future's bright, future's lily white. Come on, new Spurs.
2: Kick up Wembley, Aussies knees have gone all trembly, and a Tim requires assembly, Danny one Local boy Ledley King, Greavesy scoring everything. Glenn Hoddle, Chrissy Waddle Lee Young C. Keller, USA, Woodgate is not fit to play, Tramatini, Kuduchini, Freddie Canute, Gary Mabbitt in Chile, Sergey Redwell for the win, Run for me, Nick on me, for 3 Stout Terry, Heroes in white and blue, we've all loved you since 1882, even when I'm feeling grey, despite the tears and pain, I go to White Lane. Nicker playing fair, Modric here, there, everywhere. Pat Jennings, luscious hair, Super Vertongen. And Liuchenko, number nine. Nine from the halfway line, Villas running 81 under Twin Towers. For Harry Redknapp steals on wheels Legend Steve Perryman, MBE Hugo Loris, clean sheet Paul and Stefan Dalmaty for Playing out what will Nicola Bertie Heroes in white and blue This one's for Billy Nick His football did the trick He showed the world what Spurs could do The League and Cup we won in 1961 Aaron Lennon's lime green shoes Gareth Bailey used to lose Alan Hart and Wheel knew his passport said Spain, Spain. Berbatov turned and struck party saving from the spot beat Chelsea, Chelsea at Wembley. Wembley we lifted the league cup Maradona is a Spurs we're the football connoisseurs Chaz and Dave's got me raised Chepi the cockerel. Mender shoots from halfway. Harold Harrell the same Clattenburg What a Doesn't give the gold Abizader's work of art Tricky Rafa van der Vaak He's got no but We, we don't, don't care Martin Martin, yo Lily White's from White Hart Lane So Ziegler sounded just like Ziegler Getting to the grounds of pain Getting nasty blisters down the Seven Sisters Teddy into equalise Ginger Pele in disguise People speak of the technique of Jason does, does a lat. <laughs> Jamie Redknapp on TV We love Alan Mullery Razziak, don't come back And, and Quench substitution, Tom Ardister's distribution, Jermaine Defoe, he's Sisko, these linguistic skills. Scott Parker could not try harder, Danny Rose is 30 yarder, Darren Bentz headed wise, Sandra could have scored that heroes in blue and white. We sold a and we dropped some more. Spurs make my dark days bright. But it makes me sad, The Postiga was so bad Robbie Keane, in the box Edgar Davids, Red Lassie Palacios Stripey Sox, Everson, Hatrick. Dave Mackay picking fights, European Glory Knights Terry Dyson go on my son, Keith Jones on the wing Dean, Richard, John White, Legendary, Lily White How dare a Too two is to do Alive Allen, Paul Allen, Joe Allen, Allen Les Allen, Dory, Allen, Rezalane and Allen, Allen Gilsey. White and me, from White Hart Lane? The Cads a you, Keto, so the Bentley's free kick over. We treat Judas with disdain. His transfer was a farce, so shove him up your arse. Absolutely. And Liam Hawkers page to go. That's boy, yeah. Gomez made super saves, he can shag my wife. Edrington love the cookies. And he really loved the cookies. Star Wars, music, and, and some wookies right before the game. Heroes in blue and white. When I feel depressed, he got nola undressed. Point won't give up the fight. Wolfox never quits, you can be sure of it. Robinson's long shot, AVB's deep squat, David, David Howe's on the prowl in the FA Cup, Andy Sinton's England call, Michael Brown starts a brawl, Peter Crouch, 8 foot tall, yeah. Jurgen Klinsman's dive, Arsene Wenger's dodgy vision, Howard Webb's bad decisions, Rahman Vega playing Sega, Sandro's kung fu kick. Eric tools from the King's spell Aspen Boston, and Smith and Chivers bound to score Give me more and more and more Heroes in white and blue We like to win in We've done it for a while It's better to aim playing high Then our football story will echo with glory Lily, wants and White are May. If the budget allows, the answer will be ours Thanks Dave Benson, 44 We like to win in style, we've done it for a while It's better to aim, baby high Then our football story will echo with glory